Welcome to the Tribe of Testimonies. Here you will find conversations with faithful Native American members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, sharing their stories and their love of the Savior. My name's Andrea Hales. I'm Navajo, and I'm glad that you've decided to come and join us today. So my guest today is Phelan Conklin. I'm really great, grateful that we could finally connect. As I tell you in the beginning of this episode, we originally uh, contacted, made contact about a year ago, and then things didn't work out. Like, we actually had a an interview time scheduled, and then she was sick, and then I uh, tried again another time, and then her mom got sick, and um, just again multiple multiple times we just were unable to connect and then this time I reached out and she was available which is also a blessing to me because I didn't have anybody lined up for this week (laughs) so I'm really grateful that we could connect and I am so impressed with her how she was able to bear testimony and witness our savior and the holy ghost and all all the doctrine of the church that we hold near and dear Um, how she's seen that in her life and I am really grateful for her for her time that she spent and that she could have this um, opportunity so here is Faelene I hope you enjoy this conversation I'm on the phone today with sister Faelene Conklin we we got in contact about a year ago and things just didn't work out so I'm glad that finally we could be together so Faelene, would you please introduce yourself in your tribal way as much as possible? If it's in your language, that's fine. If it's not, that's fine too, because not everyone speaks their language and some languages are dead. Yes, I will do that. Um, First of all, thank you so much for being persistent, Sister Hales, and letting me do this. I have always wanted to tell my story and it is just I think that time comes when it's supposed to so yeah um how uh my name is Faelene Conklin I am Faelene Thacker Conklin I am a Duck Valley Shoshone Paiute tribe from the Duck Valley Reservation in Owyhee Nevada and grew up there my entire life and graduated high school from there Um, I am a descendant of a couple of chiefs. My first one that I will explain is my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather. His name was Charlie Thacker, and his wife was Nellie Reed Thacker, and my, on my mom's, oh, sorry, on my dad's side, mom's side the maternal side i am from the family of chief captain john who was from the bridgeport california area and just most recently have been able to do some follow through of finding out who he truly was and he has some amazing history behind him and i have been able to figure out where that family line has come as well so i come from a deep lines of Nevada um, people and now live in Aberdeen, South Dakota. That's great. 
Um, Faleen, would you please share something that you love about your heritage? It can be a story, a celebration, a way of life, a ceremony, pretty much anything. Share something that you love about your heritage, but especially as it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would love to do that. So um, I kind of wanted to just tell you a little bit of a story that um, as I grew up, what was told to me, um, my my mom was non-native and she met my dad and my dad took her out to the reservation. And at that time, um, my my Hubits, who are in our language is means um, my dad's grandmothers, and they were there and they saw her. And um, because she was non-native, they knew that she probably, which kind of sounds crazy, but she had probably some education behind her, would be able to write some stories down. And so um, my Aunt Minnie at the time um, said that she wanted to make sure that she wrote the story down. And, and so mom went and grabbed a <clears throat> piece of piece of actually butcher paper that they were wrapping meat with at the time and um, wrote down the story that um, my Aunt Minnie told her. And at this time, um, mom and dad, my dad was a member of the church, but he wasn't active. Mom was not a member of the church, had no idea what was even um, really the story related to. But she wrote the story down because Aunt Minnie had told her. Um, we weren't members of the church, or mom was not a member of the church, my dad was not a member of the church, and or was a member of the church, but was inactive at the time, and um, they were needy, or Aunt Minnie said to make sure that the story got passed down, um, because she had heard it as a young child, and she wanted to make sure that somebody wrote it down, and so um, she, mom gathered the paper and started to write the story down not knowing what she was writing down, but started to tell the, the story. And um, to look at that piece of paper that mom had was just a bunch of chicken scratches, really, because mom didn't really know she wasn't into family history. She wasn't into into church or really anything at all, um, but started to write the story down. And the story went like this, that um, there was a bunch of them, of, of our people gathered around on a hillside and a man came out of the sky and at that time they were all waiting and the scars the skies had turned dark and this man came out of the sky and he was all all in white dressed in white and it was beautiful it was a beautiful a beautiful sight and he came down and he gathered all of them around and they all listened to him and talked and he talked to all the little children and they didn't know who he was that they just knew that he was bringing a message and and so they listened and they and they and they listened and um and then he left and so that was a story that was passed down and mom didn't know what that was and that mom didn't join a church until um, I was actually 12. And um, funny enough, we lived in the branch and by then dad, dad was um, in, in the branch presidency by then. 
And um, that story was that um, my, I had a babysitter and the babysitter used to take me to church to primary and stuff. That's when back then when church was on um, primary was on Tuesdays and my babysitter was um, would take me to church or take me to, to primary. And then I started going to church myself and then dad became active again. And, <clears throat> and uh, I got, I was baptized and um, we went to church. Our family went to church, but mom never joined. And um, my brother, Shane, um, he was getting time to, for him to get baptized. And he told mom, I'm not going to get baptized unless you do too. And so she she did too. She got baptized. But mom was always active in church. She would go all the time. In fact, she taught gospel doctrine because mom was a teacher. And so, um, you know, it was easy for her just to learn something and she would teach it. And um, she came across the story. In the Book of Mormon, and then she realized, and she went back and realized what she had written down, and and read it over and over, thinking, "Is this really what I'm reading?" And um, wanted to make sure that we all knew what that was, what that story was. And so, so I always tell this story when I'm out with the missionaries, if I have a chance to go to the missionaries, and when I tell the story I always leave with this so when if the missionaries give me a chance and I'm able to I always tell this story because how can I not know the church is true when the story was passed down to my family through my family and it was in the Book of Mormon and so I refer to that as the book of, in the Book of Mormon in third Nephi yeah this exact story and I just tell them of the truth of, of what I know to be true, because not only is it in the Book of Mormon and written down, it's also a story that was passed down through my family. And how could I not, how could I say that it's not true when I, when I heard it or when I knew it came out of my Aunt Minnie's mouth? Yeah. And so so aunt, your Aunt Minnie was not a member of the church? Oh, uh uh-uh, no. My Aunt Minnie never read, she never read read or wrote in her life. She she was 107 when she died. Oh, wow. Yeah. How did your father come to have the church in his life? Oh, he, he was, um, oh, like I said, my grandfather, um, grandpa, grandpa was a tribal, um, councilman and grandpa used to, when the church was, um, when people, when they were starting to, you know, bring people to the reservation, um, grandpa wanted to make sure that everybody had a chance to have a church. And, and so he brought in different churches, you know, like, um, they have a Presbyterian church and there was a, um, like a, um, assembly of God church. And then he also made sure that there was a, um, LDS church at the time it was called the LDS church and so he made sure and each one of those places on our reservation back home in that valley all have land that was given to the churches and um, so my my um, the, the the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a really cool spot off actually on our reservation it kind of sits up on a hill and um, that's where our church is and uh, Grandpa made sure that that we had, you know, that the church was there. Grandpa was never baptized. Um, he just knew that 
you know, he wanted the church to be there. Well, the missionaries, of course, came out and dad um, was a teenager and he um, gave, you know, took the lessons and whatever. And they, they, you know, had a huge church, um, you know, youth group or whatever. And so dad was act, was, was um, part of that. And a bunch of them were taught and, and um, were baptized in the river, um, the Owyhee River. And some of those people um, that were, you know, are, are still active today, which is really amazing. Those, those, some of those people who were baptized at that time are still active today and alive. And of course, they're in their late 80s by now. But um, so there's a couple of ladies actually who are still um still members of the church and still live in Hawaii and and um you know I'm I'm just really grateful for that because like I said dad then dad actually um went to BYU for a couple of years and then he transferred into Reno and that's when he met my mom but he did have some time in at BYU and um the gospel was in his life he just didn't I don't think he realized how strong he was and and then um what happened was dad um I think they, I think the church kind of, it didn't really like slow down in, you know, people come and go or whatever. And, um, he, he was, uh, they were looking for a leader and, uh, the leadership in, uh, Elko, Nevada called my dad and said, um, called him up and and the leader that called him was one of dad's buddies that he worked cows with and stuff and sold cows to and stuff. And, um, in the in the cattle business and he called him up and he said um brother Thacker I'm going to fly out and see you he said you guys have an airport he said come out there and pick me up and so um Demar Dahl came and dad picked him up and then he he made the call and dad became the branch president and um so I at that time um like I said mom wasn't active or or she was active but you know she wasn't a member and and I I played the piano we were we were small a small branch but I've always had a calling in church and it's always been kind of strange and even to even still to this day and I'm sure people get tired of me bearing my testimony but I'm so used to it because if we didn't bear our testimony on Sundays on the fast test test fast and testimony meetings nobody would bear our testimony because there's only like five or six of us right yeah so, so I just get used to it. And so if there's quiet time at church and nobody's, it's like, I feel like I'm supposed to get up and bear my testimony. So, yeah, I, you know, I grew up in a small branch and sometimes today I always think to myself, gosh, you know, where would I be if I didn't have the gospel? I, I, you know, it's just so important to me how, how, um, you know, I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know where I would be. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how I would even function without the gospel in my life. And it's such a huge part of me. You know, I had a time, a short time period in my life where I, you know, went inactive maybe like two years. And it, it was just because of a situation I was in. And I, you know, I pulled away from the church and not pulled away. I just didn't go. And it was just a dreary time. And I, I knew that I needed to be, that's what, you know, that was the important part to me. And, um. And so, yeah, so, so, you know, when you, the truthfulness of the gospel is, is what I know it to be true. And I, 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 there's no way I can deny it. Yeah. Um, I, I was sitting here with my mouth just hanging open at how 
amazing your grandfather was as a as a council member to invite all the other tr- other religions to come. That is right. amazing. It is right because it that is. that in itself says you you need to have a spiritual relationship with with a Lord, and you need to find how to have that. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Grandpa was um, he was a um, the youngest of twelve. Um, he was the youngest child of twelve, and he was always really wise and. Um, you know, I, in fact, I've done a lot of family history. And one of the things that I, I noticed just recently, actually, is that when he was 12, his oldest sister was already 30. And um, so he grew up, you know, with a lot of wiseness. And I think he saw a lot. And, and so he knew um, the values of of those things, you know, of having spirituality and having a financial base and all those things that, you know, we get taught today. Grandpa seemed to already have those things. And, um, you know, I always, always wondered why he never got baptized, but I'm sure that, you know, he's, I mean, his work's already been done for him. And it, it just amazes me that he, um, you know, he was so strong and knew, knew that, um, his, his, you know, he's always, and, and it's kind of interesting too, you sit by you saying that just brought something else up to me. Our family, those 12 that are of those families, they're, they're actually those people, you know, they're not all members of the church or whatever, but all of those, a lot of the brothers and sisters have all found some sort of spirituality. And, you know, it is important. It is important for us to have something. And even today, you know, we get told those things, and in fact, last last general conference, right, we were told that, um, you know, to be accepting of others and to, you know, appreciate that because they will all we will all come together as one. And it's important for us to have that. Yeah, so great. Um, OK, so you were raised on your reservation that that your tribe is. And yet right now you don't live there. You live on or close to another reservation? Okay, so I live in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Um, Aberdeen is, um, if anybody's familiar with South Dakota, Aberdeen actually doesn't have a reservation close to us. The closest um, to us, I think, is mm, maybe about an hour, but there's tons of reservations here in South Dakota. Okay. Aberdeen kind of sits out, so we don't we don't live on the res. Okay. But I do work for BIA now, so that's pretty cool. Okay. So how did you end up in Aberdeen? Well, that's kind of a long story, too. And if you want me to, I'll go there. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So um, a few years ago, we lived in Elko, which is 100 miles from Dutt Valley. And uh, my husband was a worked for the mines there and had worked for the, the gold mines there for about 10 years. And um, my son was a is was a college baseball player, and um, at the time we had a daughter on a mission in Texas, and then we have another little guy that we um, we have custody of, and we were raising, and he was eight, I think, and then I have some older children as well, um, but. 
Um, my husband is an alcoholic and um, we, my son was having some trouble as well. And he was out here, he had gotten, he was a junior in um, college and he was a transfer out of California to here. Playing baseball had been way out here and it's 1800 miles away from home. And our family was a mess. Everybody was, it was just a mess. Things were just not good. My work was not good. There was some political stuff happening. I was working for the tribe at the time. And there was just, it was just a mess. And, you know, I always say things happen for a reason. And um, at this time, it was an ugly reason. It was an ugly thing to happen. But the reasons were great, have been great. Um, we ended up, my husband ended up losing his job due to an alcohol-related incident. My son ended up um, having to go through treatment. And um, we just decided... My husband lost his job and Jake was still wanting to go to school and we just decided we needed to leave. We needed to move towards him if he, we wanted our kids to be, Jake, Jake's needed his parents. Um, if we wanted him to succeed, we needed to be close to him. So we packed up our stuff and we headed to the Midwest and um. It's been one of the, probably it it's been the best thing we've ever done. Um my my um my husband ended up losing his job and before he came out here he went back into treatment and his um counselor at that time told him, John, you've got to do something different. You've got to change your life. You've got to um you know, what, what, what do you want to be? And at that time, John wanted to, you know, he, he has always felt like he had more in life, but just didn't know what it was and had worked endless hours in the mine and making really good money. I mean, making really good money, but when you're unhappy and you're not, um, you know, you're not homed with your kids and your family and you're just making money, it doesn't serve you any good. And, and, and um, he, you know, started drinking and started drinking more and more and got himself in trouble and lost his job. And um, and so when he was in treatment, his his counselor told him, you know, and so John had decided that he wanted to possibly do something alcohol related as far as, you know, speaking out and telling his story. And, and she said, well, you know, you're just going to have to if that's something you want to do, you're probably going to have to get some education behind you and, um, you know, time will tell. And, and so he made the decision then that we would move out to Aberdeen and be with Jacob and, you know, get Jacob through school. And, and so we did, and we packed up and we came out here and, um, with really nothing we had, um, we had my husband's 401k and we, we did that, we used that to get out here and, um, and we've been out here now almost four years and over the time, it's just been really a good thing for us because we have developed, first of all, our family has, um, healed. And what I mean by that is each one of us have healed, you know, alcohol, alcohol and drugs, alcohol is a family related disease. And when it's in your family, it affects everybody. Um, 
my daughter came home from her mission and you know that was a real shock for her because she had to come home here to her mission from her mission here to Aberdeen and she sat for a few months before she decided what she wanted to do and next week she's going to graduate from here with her degree in biology and um I you know it, it, we've we've been out here by ourselves and um we've grown um we had another daughter who uh, who's an addict and she's she's now sober and um everybody's sober everybody's doing what they're supposed to and everybody's you know um doing the things that are good and um one of the things that John and I have done is <clears throat> um we we have a um well something happened on our reservation about a year and a half ago and um there was some suicides that were going on and John and I decided that we needed to speak out and he needed to tell his story and um because a lot of the stuff that was going on was related to drugs and alcohol and so we decided that we would help our reservation back home. And so what we do, what we did is we, uh, every every Sunday, we go online on a Facebook um, Facebook group, and we tell our story and we talk and we we talk about what is related to alcohol and and almost have an AA meeting, I guess you could say. Um, and we, you know, people listen to it, and we've had some great things come out of that. And um, you know, it it it's a it's a way for us to give back. It's a way for him to give back. It's a way for us to um, to heal, and we're helping others heal, even if it's just one at a time. And uh, and now that you know things are things are are changing in our lives, we see the healing, and you know, telling your truths are. Are, are how we heal each other and and that's what we've learned as we've been out here and honestly I don't think that would have happened if we would have stayed back home we wouldn't have we wouldn't have done it it wouldn't have you know it, it's kind of funny how when you're out by yourself and you have to survive on your own and you have to do things on your own you're able to to um to to tell to you find ways to survive and you find ways to stick together and you know we're all out here together um our um Jacob's still here he's now coaching um for a college out here now and working on his masters and Hattie's going to graduate next week and um Layton's now going to you know he's in 7th grade and um and that's you know that's another thing that that happened really amazingly. And I, like I said, you know, the Lord does things to help us. And sometimes at the moment, we don't think it's a help, but it is, you know, when we, Layton's autistic. And when we first moved out here, he, he barely could read. Well, he couldn't read. He only knew one letter in the alphabet. Um, he was in fourth grade. He, he was just, he was not thriving. And uh, we came out here and, you know, just yesterday, Andrea, I had him I was looking at something on 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 my on my phone because it was related to him and I said can you read this son and he read it and I was like oh my goodness I just almost started to cry because what I saw from him and how he's learned how he's strived and how he's grown and how he's you know just it's just been good for all of us and the Lord puts things in our you know helps us he gives us those I think he gives us obstacles but also knows that he he has our back 
and if we're willing to do the work and we're willing to um, keep in touch with him and to and to pray and to do those things and to to do the right things and to you know and to serve and to to do those he's going to help us and um i know that that's what our family has learned is that you know we have we things might not always be easy but they're worth it and that's what we've learned and we continue to learn that and i'm so grateful for that yeah that's those are wonderful life lessons um and i'm glad that <laughs> i'm glad that not all of us have to go through them but i'm glad that we can learn from from those because I think you've been able to forge a better relationship. It sounds like you've been able to forge a better relationship with your family and with even God as, oh, as a resort, as a result. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's so true because I think that, I mean, I know, you know, Satan, Satan, if he can destroy our families, he will. And, you know, there's different ways that he does it. And sometimes we think we're really strong, but he'll hit the strong ones in their weak spots. And, you know, that's what he did. And, and, you know, we, I was just thinking when you said that about, um, you know, with, with my, with my daughter, um, with Hattie, you know, her, her um, having to, when she served her mission, um, when she was down, she served her mission in um, Houston, East Texas mission. And, you know, one thing that she said that, that she was really appreciative of was even though some of the things that she saw when she was young, when she was out on her mission, she was able to relate with a lot of people um, because sometimes people who aren't, don't go through things, sometimes they don't even can't relate, you know, and she was able to relate with a lot of people. And she always felt like, you know, you know, sometimes she would have to tell her companions what was going on because maybe she had seen her dad that way or she had seen her sister that way or something, you know. And um, I I just, you know, I think we, like I said, I think we have to go through things. It helps us and we grow and, um, you know, hopefully we don't, we're able to um, grow, uh, get stronger through them and, you know, we learn from them and um, if we don't learn through them, we get them again. That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. How did you um, get through the hard times? Like, I mean, because I'm sure there were times when actions that other people were doing really just knocked the wind out of you. And how did you well, get through that? Oh, yeah, that's 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 a really good question. Um, prayer fasting but prayer i was always praying always on my knees always you know had a prayer about everything i did and the and even still today you know i'm every every day i you know i i try to make sure that everybody's praying and everybody's doing the things that they need to read their scriptures and you know church and that we're going to church and in fact you know, just a few minutes ago, my husband and I were just talking about this conversation, just almost exactly this, you know, sometimes church is hard. Church is hard sometimes to go to. And, you know, out here in Aberdeen, um, we're very blessed because there's, you know, we're, there's a church right here, but there's people out here 
um, Aberdeen has a ward, but we have people that drive 40 to 50 miles to church every Sunday. And, um, you know, because they're just so sparse. And honestly, I don't know that I, you know, I mean, I, 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 I shouldn't really say this, but I, I don't know, you know, that takes a lot to drive every Sunday, to get up every Sunday morning and drive. Yeah, it would be easy to not. Yeah, yeah, it would be easy to not, right. And uh, and so, you know, when when you know or you have the church and, you know, when you don't have it and you um, realize that you love the Lord and um, you access him in ways that are ways that you know you can um i was able to at this time you know i reached out to my um my bishop and i reached out to everybody i knew i wasn't ashamed of what i was going through um because i knew that i i needed them i needed these people in my life you know um my family at the time you know was kind of had put me in the shameful mode you know well that's what you deserve type of a way and Mm. you you um you know we love you but you're kind of on your own here you know and you know a lot of times the answer is well just leave him you know just leave him and that's not always the answer it's not what heavenly father sometimes you know he i think heavenly father sometimes wants us to to find the other answers to help others and um you know, surely, surely it probably would have been easy to just pack up and, you know, pack my kids up and go. But honestly, um, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't I know that probably my kids wouldn't have gotten through college. And, you know, because we're we're very we're very tight. You know, we we do a lot of things together. It's kind of funny. We have older kids in our home now and, you know, they don't live in, they don't live away from us. They live in our house and, you know, we, we kind of have roommates and it's just interesting how we, how we kind of live now. And um, it's, it's, I just feel like, you know, you, we, you know, they respect me. They respect us. And, you know, we we have we still have a couple of kids who are wayward and our older children. And, you know, it's that's OK. That's OK. And, you know, just like what my husband said earlier today, we go to church for ourselves, but we also go with a prayer in our heart, hoping that we bring our kids back to the gospel. And, um, you know, if I could if I could offer any kind of hope, it, it happens. You know, your kids come back. They, if they have the church and they understand the truthfulness and they understand, you know, what you're doing and you're setting that example, they will. And I, you know, I know that to be true as a mom. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I just every, every time I tell my kids, anytime I get a chance, I'm on the phone with them or anytime I try to offer them, you know, my older kids, I try to offer them a, a, just a little snippet of what I learned in church or what I, you know, what's going on in our, in my personal study or just everything, you know, I, I, I try to, one thing I've kind of taken on my own self just recently is I try to, um, since I, I've started working full time now, again, I, I try to read early in the mornings and um, read my scriptures early in the morning. And sometimes I don't get it done, but I, sometime during the day. And then also, 
I love to listen to calm music. So I listen to a lot of gospel music and that for me is calming and, and um, peaceful and it always has been. And so when things are hard, that's what I do. That's what I turn to is, is, is calm music and, and prayer. And, and um, I have a little bit of trouble with anxiety. And so sometimes that's what I, you know, if things get hard, that's just my first thing is I turn to that. And I know that Heavenly Father knows me. I know he knows what I need. And sometimes, you know, he'll put somebody in my life or he'll have somebody call me or it's just crazy. It's just, you know, it's just I have different people out there who will reach out. And and I mean, I know he he has sent them to me for that moment. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm so I'm so grateful to be a member of the church. It is just like I said, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have it. Yeah. Is there anything that you remember from this last general conference that really spoke to you that you'd like to share? Well, it talked a lot about being kind to others. I think that was huge, you know, and being forgiving, being kind, and being a missionary. Those were the three things that I remember a lot of. Um, I think it's really important for us to be kind to others. There's so many people who need kindness. There's so many people who just need us to say hello, just need us to reach out and, you know, and just give them a a, a special little, um, you know, little, little bit of love. I, um, this last week was, or two weeks ago, was really a hard time for me. Um, I lost some really good friends and um, she was actually murdered by her husband and the people that, um, I worked with this who she was one of the people I worked with and um it was kind of funny because that was the Easter Sunday my bishop um said he gave a talk about um the talk in from general conference about um in you know after with death there's good and I thought, wow, that's kind of grim, Bishop, to be talking about, you know, death. It's Easter, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the next time, that next Tuesday or Wednesday is when we found, I found out when my friend had passed and um, this had happened. And and so my phone just started blowing up because all the all the people that I worked with start saying, you know, failing, did you hear? And, you know, I w- it was just overwhelming. It was way overwhelming. And And so that evening, I I don't know when Holy Ghost just said, Feline, you need to, you need to form a chat group. And I did. And I formed that chat group and um, we've been going now a week and a half and a couple of the ladies on there are members and they're inactive. And, you know, I've been able to testify them to them, just little things I'll say, you know, about what's going on in church or what I learned or, you know, what I read and things like that. And it's just, it's just amazing, you know, how, the Lord will put people in our lives that we need at the time. And sometimes, you know, like, like the Bishop did say, good does come out of bad. And I don't know, I guess if Cass had to go through this to help others, that's what she's doing. And I, it's a sad thing, but, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of um, people that she's going to help along the way with this. And I don't know, I, I, I just feel like, you know, for me, it's it's really important for us to um, listen to our prophet. Listen to you know he's he's not gonna he's not gonna lead us down the wrong road. 
I know that to be true. And, you know, like we were, um, you know, we sing that song in, in primary, you know, follow the prophet. And it is so true. We have to hear him. We have to hear what he says. We have to listen to his words. And sometimes we might not think they're that poignant or, you know, or they're not for me, but man, they are. And, um, you know, there's one of the things I, I always think back on is I remember, you know, years ago and we were told we couldn't have more than one piercing. And um, I thought, gosh, that's nuts, you know, right? I, I got two already. I'm good. But, you know, after I heard that, I, I went and I took my earring out and my tops and I, I they've never put any earrings, earrings back in there. And, you know, it doesn't mean I'm anything better. It's just, you know, I, I don't know why I'm not supposed to have two piercings. I just, you know, I don't anymore. And I, I just think that it, it's important for us to, to, to follow what they tell us. Cause like I said, they're not going to lead us down a straight road. And we might think at the time that it's a straight road, but the light is shining at the end of the tunnel. Wow. Thank you so much for that testimony. I think, I think the more that we're willing to listen, that we can receive those answers. And, and what was the phrase that we've heard uh, two years ago all the time? How do you hear him? What are you doing to hear him? Right. So, yeah. And when the prophet speaks, it's really, it's really clearly stated, right? Yeah. 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 What did he say this time when he first, what he first talked about was missionary work. It's time people start telling your people, start telling people about what you know. Open your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Open your mouth. And it's hard. It's hard to, but you know what? If they're prepared, they're going to hear you. And, and, you know, just have to take those opportunities. And I, I have to say, honestly, that this new job that I have now, um, you know, I, I prayed for this job that I have, that I would get a job that I would be able to sustain my family with. And I promised Heavenly Father then, I said, Heavenly Father, if you'll let me have this job, I promise you, I will spread the gospel. And I've had opportunities to do that already and not in huge ways. You know, I'm not out waving my flags or anything, but I'm able to tell people what I know. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they are members already and they just need to be reminded again. I don't know. And let the but, spirit whis- whisper to them. Right. Right. And so it's just I, you know, I promised Heavenly Father that I would be his mouthpiece in this job. And, you know, I. I'm a, I'm a government worker, so I can't be saying all kinds of stuff, but I can make, I can make little, I can say things that I need to say at times when people need to hear it. And I've had opportunities where people will ask me questions, you know, and um, I'll be, you know, I can, I can, I can do that. And I have, and, you know, I, I, it's just, it's just what, what, it's just, it's a promise that I made and, and, you know, I have to follow through on that promise as well. Wow. You've, you've given so much insight today. I've loved every minute. (laughs) I I have one final question for you. What does it mean to you to know that you belong to the tribe of Israel? I feel really, really blessed. I know that we will rise. We are rising. Our people 
are amazing. We hold amazing gifts. We are given amazing gifts. And as we, we or me or myself or all of us who are members realize our gifts that we have to give others and to share with others, it is our opportunity to do that. And, you know, as the days are growing shorter and it is, I feel so blessed to be born in the time that I am, um, to be able to share the gospel, to be able to open my mouth, to be living in the freedoms that I have. Um, and I, I know that I am a part of the Lord's work, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. I know that when I take that opportunity to share with others and to help others come to Heavenly Father, that they are, um, whether it's on this side of the veil or on that side of the veil, that I'm doing my work. And I had it as a missionary. I was a um, service missionary for a while, right before we moved out here. And um, I did work for the family history. And I had some amazing things come about. And one of those things was, you know, to to learn of of my family history and um, to learn that there's so many that are waiting for their work to be done. And I know that when we do their work, when we do the work that we're, you know, the on this side of the veil and, and to help others rise, that um, they're just waiting. And, and it's such a great feeling. And I'm so, I, I'm just so glad that, that I chose or I was chosen to be from the tribe of Israel and to, and to be a, a member of the church and that my dad sacrificed and that my mom joined and um I and you know and I and I have and I have chosen to continue and and to not step away as others have and I I'm just you know I I want my family to be together forever and I know that and I know that will be true Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for for having me. I'm just, I'm over, I just feel so full. (laughs) Thank you very much. I was, I was reading in Helaman 12 and I have a few, a few interesting notes and a few things stood out to me um, at other times and this time, like I've highlighted before and I've also highlighted this time that I was reading but one that I really love is Helaman 12 verse 14 yea he said yea if he say unto the earth thou shalt go back that it lengthen out the day for many hours it is done and then a note that I wrote in it two years ago just, um, just four words God is all-powerful and in the same chapter, it talks about how um, if um, the 
the earth moves and the sand moves and like all these things but the that is so important for us to remember god is all powerful and yeah he's so merciful too and he he wants us to come back and he can make miracles happen for us and he can hold back miracles so that we can draw near to him and I don't know. I just really was uh, moved by that this week. God is all powerful. The earth obeys his command. And a whole giant, huge earth obeys his command. The solar system obeys his command. And yet, he lets us make decisions because he wants us to decide to want him. God is all powerful. And miracles can happen. And he loves you. And I am grateful that you were take the time to listen today. And I hope you have a super wonderful, awesome day. Tribe of Testimonies is not affiliated with The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The music is a traditional hymn, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing, arranged and performed by Kyle Forsyth. If you know someone who might be interested in being a guest, please reach out to me at tribeoftestimonies at gmail.com.